Hi, welcome back to another episode, episode seven, A Real Page Turner with Mara Maros and Donnie Granza. Hi, Donnie. Hello, Mara, and hello, uh, listeners. Ready for another uh, episode dissecting a book and its film adaptation. You want to get us started on it, <laughs> Mara? Yeah, so we decided to go for Valentine's Day to like a quintessential rom-com and chose Bridget Jones's Diary by Helen Fielding. And the book was published in 1996. And by 2006, the book sold over 2 million copies. So I know it was a big hit at the box office but uh, it was actually based off of a 1996 book. So tell us about the movie. Yeah, the movie uh, The movie came out in 2001. It was directed by Sharon McGuire and Hel- the author Hel- Helen Fielding was one of the credited screenwriters as well as uh, Richard Curtis and Andrew Davies. It stars uh, Renee Zellweger as the titular uh, Bridget Jones as well as Hugh Grant and Colin Firth play the two men uh, vying for her attention through, uh, throughout the book, throughout the film. Renee Zellweger's casting was initially a, a rather controversial choice because she's uh, she's an American actress who was born and raised in Texas uh, play, uh, playing a British woman. But once the movie came out, all the critics seemed to be silenced. It got a lot of critical acclaim and particularly for her performance and actually netted her her very first Oscar nomination for Best Actress. It was actually the first of three consecutive nominations that she had that she had in her career. And for overall and two wins so so i didn't realize she was nominated for an oscar for this movie yeah it's like well there was the only nomination from the film but it doesn't doesn't seem like the stuffy kind of uh oscar type film that that the academy always tends to go for so you know it was like a bit surprising but you know i did i did like her and this i think she did a very good job (laughs) yeah so we took a poll on our facebook page of people who had either seen the movie read the book or done both. And I think far and above, it was mostly people have seen the movie. Not many people had read the book or done both. And I feel like that's probably the right call after doing both. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of, I think, key key differences. But the, the thing that jumps out to me the most is that I found it, and I know we're not really here to criticize books, but it kind of comes with the territory of what we're doing, is that every every other so paragraph more than every chapter started with her weighing herself and how much she smoked how much she drank how much she spent on lottery tickets and like a calorie count which you know frankly it's a little surprising more people didn't have um body dysmorphia or eating disorders <laughs> reading if they've read this book you know and the the weight is a, a you know an incredibly normal weight that she attains in the book not where you'd think like she has to lose weight but it's you know it's a little bit off putting and I felt like it didn't age well, right? So 1996, we're how many years away from that where, you know, we have a little bit more of the message of body positivity and not a focus on so much like a number on the scale. So I just felt like it didn't age well. And I was reading, when I was reading it, I was like, wow, oh my gosh, like this is obsessive. And I was like doing some research on the book to see like, was there any controversy around this ever? Like, and I couldn't find anything. I could find no articles that like said like, this was an issue, this was a problem. But I did find one review on Goodreads that the person said this did not age well. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So I think that seems to be like where I was thinking is it didn't age well. And I didn't remember that happening in the movie because I had watched it so long ago and then rewatched it after before when we decided on this one. And it's not as in your face on the nose 
it happens in the movie, but not to the extent of which you see it in the book. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I agree. Like, it's like, for one thing, I, I found like that, like the whole synopsis, like, you know, her, her weight and the calorie count and how many cigarettes she smoked. I found it like a little distracting. Like I like started like kind of like a- after a while, like kind of just skipping over those, those parts after a while. Cause it just like, it just became like too repetitive and, you know, but I agree. I think it just sends a really awful me- message and, you know, it is, you know, the book is over 25 years old. So you know, it is, uh, it's not really, really old, but, you know, yeah, in 1996, you know, we, you know, it was a different, a different time and there were different things that we, um, and I know it's, it reads like a diary. So a lot of people probably do put that in their diary, you know, what they ate, you know, it almost was like a food diary too, in addition to her diary. But it was, I think this was one of the first books that kind of took that approach and I forget what they called it, but like almost like an internal like dialogue the whole time time like like um i forgot what they call it but an approach where you are like writing to yourself so i thought that was interesting and you know and she does do the voiceover for the most part in the movie you know you hear that but that constant barrage of weight isn't there now it i was watching when i was watching to see like how did they do that you didn't hear about it in the first beginning you heard some of it saying she wanted to lose some weight and then i don't know if you noticed but when she was walking through one of the downtowns like through london or somewhere she was the like a marquee flashed with her weight on it and you had to like really be watching it if you did notice but it, it flashed with her weight on it in the date i did not pick up on that at all yes yeah, it did and i was like oh okay there it is and then they didn't talk about it again till closer to the end when she was you know, trying to decide, you know, you saw it in some subtler ways, like trying to wear what underwear she was going to wear, you know, more like the, almost like the body shapers, like the granny panties and the other underwear to like hold her in. But, and then in the end, they did talk about a little bit more. I think she talked about how much she weighed, but not as often as the book and in a different yeah. way. Yeah. The book I found like it was a bit, uh, it was a hard, hard to read because it was like the writing style was very disjointed uh, to me because it was like, you know, for one, like I kept notice i kept noticing like a lot of abbreviations and i would see like it would be like i kept seeing like v period and i was like what is v, what is v meter vg yeah and i realized that v uh a v meant very and vg was very good or very bad or something and i was like it's it just seems a little lazy. Like you can't write the word very. You're only cutting off three, yeah, three I feel letters. Like that's intentional because that's what you're doing in your diary. But it is interesting yeah. that, you know, that took that writing style. But yeah, I thought, and you know, I thought there was some other, you know, storylines. And again, so maybe this, some of this more simplistic for the movie, but like, you know, the, it, the, the turkey curry party that was not at her parents. It was another friend's house. And there were so many different groups of friends in this book. And I feel like they condensed them in the movie, which was definitely more helpful because there was a lot of, storylines you were following around but you know i thought like like her work environment was different you know there was no fitzpatrick in the in the book like i don't remember for that the big boss who was with kafka's motorcycle which didn't exist in the book in the movie but they think they used that for like a scene you know to set us up at a party with her but like there was no fitzpatrick that i remember in the book it was just kind of perpetua who was seemed much more um stylish in the book than in the movie yeah the her her 
core character is like is not a major character but it's like her in the movie it, it just kind of seems like this kind of like they've filled a role that's just kind of like a little annoying co-worker that you know, like she has is that Bridget is you know nice on the surface too but doesn't you know but has some different opinions on uh internally but it was but yeah but I, I did like that like they did condense a lot of the the friends of that because it was it, it was very hard to keep track of them in the book and i was like well who's who is who and one interesting thing to uh to note i felt like was one character um in the book who seemed a lot more prominent was her friend uh tom uh she is you know the group of uh, a couple friends and tom is like the only guy friend of the group and he's openly gay and she um that his character in the book has a lot more to do in the movie is much more different so what did what did you think about that yeah i agree yeah and in the movie it says he was a pop icon who wrote a one-hit wonder and that doesn't really happen in the book but he does play like a more prominent kind of role and i almost felt like in the movie she was more portrayed as like a little bit more i don't want to say the word like pathetic but that's kind of like what i'm hedging towards because when the movie Mm -hmm. opens she's like singing that song all by myself and like it's really kind of like sad or the movie like you know she hems and haws between being you know in a relationship you know the freedom of that and then you know finding someone to settle down with but the singing of all by myself and then they show that scene when she's doing karaoke at a party and embarrasses herself like that's kind of odd in the movie where like that doesn't necessarily happen in the book it's like she's not as i don't feel like she's as awkward in the book as she is in the movie yeah yeah that was definitely like a different uh choice i think like i I think it was probably to kind of ramp up the comedy to it because it is a it is a romantic comedy film so you know you gotta ramp into it and i did i i didn't enjoy renee zellweger i thought her like she really nailed like the awkwardness like you mentioned the the terrible karaoke and then when she has the the scene at the party for the book launch where she's introducing the fitzpatrick and it's just it's so like it's just so awkward and you get this kind of secondhand embarrassment for her and then that uh, that was kind of a prevailing uh prevailing theme yeah and i think as the conflict in the book goes on you know obviously she's torn between two men very dashing daniel you know who's handsome and is her boss at work um who kind of flirts with her and you know is you know a suitor and then mark darcy who's an attorney and kind of very buttoned up and serious and it's how do these two men know each other and how does it intersect and who does she end up with and kind of that's the crux of the conflict of the story also though you know her personal life and she's you know trying to balance you know want to be more successful and quit smoking and stop drinking so much and lose weight so it's like all that backdrop to it but you know the the epic conflict is whether or not you know she's going to find someone to spend her life with via either daniel who turns out to be a scoundrel or mark darcy you know a little bit more serious and i thought the way they approached those were both a little bit different like you know you don't see as much conflict in the book between darcy and cleaver daniel cleaver you know they don't like each other um and they know each other and it comes out um at a point that Cleaver slept with Darcy's wife when after they got married, and that's why Darcy got divorced. But in the movie, that they ramp up that conflict for obvious reasons, right? That you need a little bit more action. Um, where they get into like the the fist fight, and they're going through the windows at the restaurant, and everyone's watching them. And you know, Daniel lies and says that Darcy stole stole his wife, which turns out to be false. But that's a big 
you know, scene in the movie where they're fighting and rolling upon the ground and, you know, punching each other. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily happen in the book, right? Like it's a little bit more subtle. No, I they agree. You know, that's kind of like the, the movie magic there where you have to, you got to show things <laughs> at it. So, you know, that becomes a real pivotal point that it's like, you know, it, it was a really good scene. I thought like, you know, cause it's, it's obviously conflict. They're, you know, beating the crap out of each other, but it's very comical <laughs> as, as well. So, you know, very thing. And, uh, uh, but there's one thing I did, it did bother me that I was like, did they not like call the cops after that after they went through the window? Like the no one at the restaurant seems like all that phased much. I by thought the it. same like, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just will just walk away. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh. But but yeah, and, and what's uh, kind of interesting because the um the original book was supposed to was kind of like a uh, reimagining of Pride and Prejudice. So you had um his name is Mark Darcy after like Mr. Darcy scene there so it's um it's uh, a little tidbit there but one thing that i did want to uh point out in the book that uh did kind of make me laugh was that they've referenced two actors who play them are are hugh grant and colin firth and at both at separate points in the book they mentioned hugh grant and colin firth in it that, that is funny yeah yeah we saw that in uh this is where i leave you too right like they talked about jane fonda and then jane fonda was in the in the movie yeah yeah that too that too so listen to that episode too if you haven't <laughs> listened yet <laughs> And the other thing that was different is, you know, like she doesn't actually go looking for a new job in the book. You know, like it kind of falls in her lap because of her mother and she has an out to leave there. But she, you don't, there's not like a montage of her interviewing for places, obviously, in the book. But, you know, they could show, I think, in the movie, you know, how that relationship with Daniel has been affected after she catches her, after she catches him with another woman whose name they also changed. I don't know if you picked up on that, but in the book, her name was Suki. And in the movie, her name is Laura from the New York office. So just kind of a change there. But, you know, she takes, she does take a new job in television, but, you know, it kind of more so falls in her lap because her mother is working in television. Yeah. Very, very interesting there. And well, like it's uh, there's a lot of differences with the mother that you mentioned that like the uh, show that she hosts in the book is a lot different than the one in the movie. Uh, she hosts a, um, in the book, like she's hosts some kind of like relationship type show. It's called like suddenly single or something single in it, you know, whereas in the movie uh, she's kind of, um, it's kind of like something of a QVC type. So yeah, it's interesting because the character is like totally different that she leaves her father for, you know, in the, in the book, his name is Julio. And in the movie, his name is Julia. So really strange kind of difference there. And in the movie, he's more like a demonstrator for like a home network type of thing and not, you know, working at the that suddenly single show. Um, they, And, you know, I get why they probably condensed that whole story point because in the book, the mother, like he ends up swindling people out of money and the cops end up looking for them in Portugal. And, you know, Darcy helps her get out of that whole mess for that. That never really happens in the book. I mean, in the movie, like in the movie, you know, he's just kind of a playboy who is, you know, has his mother, her mother wrapped up in glamour and everything. And it, and it ends pretty abruptly without a lot of fanfare. So the storyline's there, but not, you know, like it is in the book where there's much more to this guy who's kind of using her, but in love with her, but disappears and has to be sought by the, by the authorities. And her mother ends up almost in legal trouble. So, you know, again, that's a whole other plot line that you would have to show in a movie that takes time. Yeah. I said, um, because, uh, 
it was funny because I, you know, normally I either like watch the movie first, then read the book or read the whole book, then watch the movie. But I actually do it like just because of the time I had. I watched the movie while in the process of reading the book. And I remember I had not like gotten to the part of the book with the uh, with all the like the um, authorities and getting arrested or something that I remember, you know, after watching the movie and seeing that in the book, in the book, I thought I was like, that wasn't in there at all. Like there was nothing. And then and obviously, um, yeah, you do have to cut for time. You do you do have to cut for time and you do have and well thing, especially with a romantic comedy, because one thing uh as as a film lover of I as I am, I've noticed a lot of trends in movies and that comedies and romantic comedies in particular are not usually that long. Like they're not, you know, it's usually right around 90 minutes, no more than like, you know, if you get to like two hours, then it gets a little, it gets a little much, but like, you know, so you really have to, with rom-coms, you have to kind of condense a lot, especially. Yeah. So and I think this was like really 96 minutes, but I like, cause I just rewatched it last night. I happened to catch it on TV like two weeks ago and watch the end. And then I stopped it. So I'm like, okay, I like to do read the book, then watch the movie. But again, because of time, I did that last night and I thought how like, the, and I thought the the book ends much differently and less dramatic, I guess, than the movie. You know, Darcy comes back and it's in the middle of the winter and he finds her diary and reads it and go gets her a new one. And that's not really kind of what happens in the book. You know, he comes back with the mother and arrests Julio and she, you know, is very excited for that. And they kind of like decide that they have liked each other then despite they have initially found each other very annoying and weird. So, you know, the movie's kind of definitely more of a, I guess, big moment than it would be at, at the book. So I will have to admit that I, this is one of the movies, books and movies that I like the movie better. Yeah, I, I could add this one to my growing list of uh, ones where I like the movie better. Uh, the book, I just, it was just very hard to follow. And just, I didn't like, I didn't like the style it was written. And, and I just, you know, it's for some people, I guess, but you and I, we're not in, in that uh, category. You know, and I like British humor and I've read quite a few novels like that, that I really like. But this one, it just, I think it just didn't age well. <laughs> it's my only like feedback, right? I mean, sometimes, and you'll see that, and we've seen that with other things we reviewed, like the language doesn't age well. They use outdated, you know, kind of stereotypes or things that they call people. And you think that didn't age well, right? But the overall themes seem to, to have, to, to have been okay. Right. But this one for the, it was just so much of it for me that was kind of like, Hmm, you know, it, I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of evolution through the whole thing. Like she, you didn't see or ever stop weighing herself and think this is not important, right? Like I am now realizing that I'm just happy and that's not so much important. And I think it would have, you know, obviously I think it would have been better should the book have progressed to where she stopped doing that, right? Which is neither here nor there for this podcast. But... <laughs> You know, I think we've seen other things that didn't age well that, you know, you think, okay, it was a sign of the times and people used to use a word like that and now they don't. And you see it taken out of the movies. And I'm wondering, like, kind of if that's what they did with this movie, right? Like, they knew that would turn people off a little bit, that constant barrage of weighing it that they did it less frequently in the movie. Yeah, I did wonder so because, you know, yeah, there's only a five years difference between between both. Uh, 
the book and the movie but yeah could be and one thing like i noticed they use a uh use a word uh frequently that i i'm not gonna use but it's like i know like i think it's like a british term they used to uh refer to cigarettes that is also a very <laughs> homophobic slur in america in american language so it was a little uh jarring to hear that but yeah yeah but i this is one of those ones i think our i think our poll was right most people read the saw the movie and didn't read the book and for probably like i don't know if they didn't realize it but the movie for me just is so much more popular and you still play it on tv and you still hear about it and, and people like a good rom-com yeah one thing um i noticed like i watched this i had to say it on my dvr it actually originally aired on um turner classic movies which is a bit odd because you know if you've ever seen that channel it's like it's all movies mostly movies from the 40s 50s 60s whatever but like it seems so bizarre to see a movie from 2001 on there but the reason it was because they had a, a ongoing series about accents in movies and the fact that like Renee Zellweger an American actress doing a uh, British accent that seems to be kind of a rarity like I noticed we um, British actors and actresses they kind of you know always seemingly always are cast in American roles and uh, do that like even like just a few weeks ago when we did The Power of the Dog like Benedict Cumberbatch playing a uh, a Western movie star so listen to that uh, that episode as well uh, listeners (laughs) um if you haven't already you know so the reverse seems with an american playing a british uh a british part like doesn't say uh seems much more rare i can't i can't even think of many examples of that but i thought you know she did a really good job and, and i used to hate british accents i used to but i don't know if i've warmed up to them and now i'm i guess indifferent towards them that used to drive I quite, me i like them my brother-in-law is british and i listen to it all the time um <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I I generally like a lot of the novels that I read that are by British authors are set in England. And I, I like them, but this one didn't do it for me. So mark this down. The one, t- maybe this is the second time I've said I've liked it better. No, maybe only the first. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at my list. Yeah. Great. Well, anything else you wanted to talk about or bring up? Oh, I think, um, yeah, I think this is a good uh, one to do for Valentine's Day. You know, yes. Well, happy Valentine's Day to all of our come. listeners. And um, we will uh, see you again next week and keep on reading. And keep watching. Bye.